Hey, thanks for checking out the Airborne Youth Podcast. This week you'll be hearing a teaching from our guest speaker. All right, Justin, come on up here. I don't, I don't know Justin very well, but um, I have a man crush on him. From a distance, from a distance. Yeah, it's the beard. I'm trying to copy him. Um, when I get big, I want to be like him. Um, he oozes... Three of them? Whoa. Oh, I got you. Okay. You'll see when he gets up here, it's going to be a breath of fresh air. He oozes the resurrection life of Jesus. He walks in purity and character. From what I've seen of him, I don't think there's anything that's beneath him, and I don't think there's anything that's above him. He's a man who's full of greatness and isn't afraid to serve. And, guys, he's a prophet. So prepare your hearts. I believe he has the word of the Lord for us tonight. So make some noise. Welcome, Justin. Wow. Come on, Jesus. Hey, I think the Holy Ghost is already in the room. Is that okay? I'm from down south. I like to say Holy Ghost. So that's the Holy Spirit for you northerners, if you didn't know. This is going to be good. Um, I'm going to do my best to preach for a minute. And if the Holy Spirit falls, we'll just let him do what he wants to do. Deal? I would rather him interrupt anyway. Sometimes I have some things that I feel like are important, but I'm finding out more and more as I go different places all over. He's not very interested in what I have to say all the time. He just wants to come and make a mess of things. I'm excited to be here. Um, How many of you guys are familiar with me on any level or have seen me before? Okay. And how many is the rest of you is nobody? Awesome. Well, thanks for being here. I'm stoked to be here. Uh, You may know, you may not know, but I was a youth pastor for a period of time in my life, so this feels like home to me. This feels like this is where I cut my teeth in ministry. I've got so many memories of my own youth group back when I was uh, in the Southern Baptist realm. I had an amazing experience through high school um, in youth ministry and uh, just some radical encounters with the lords in rooms like this. I was sitting Indian style on the floor, you know, some kumbaya camp type of stuff where, the, where Jesus would come in and mark your life and you'd just be snot and tears and mascara and everybody apologizing to each other all the time and uh, then getting in fights the next week and then doing it all over again, right? Because sometimes it takes us a while to learn and figure it out. Um, I am very pumped to be here. This has been like high up on my, I get to do a lot of things and I'm grateful for those. Um, but anytime I get to talk to like emerging generation, uh, like it, it really gets me going. Um, I was radically marked by Jesus when I was 14 years old. Um, I got called into the ministry when I was 14 years old. I'll be 32 this month. So you can do the math. It's been a minute, Uh, but I can honestly say that the encounters that I had with father, son, and Holy spirit kept me to this point in my life. And, and I want to tell you, there's a lot of people saying a lot of things about the millennials and the emerging generation and the, the ones to come. But I'm telling you, you got what it takes to see the world change for Jesus. And there's greatness inside of you. And don't let anybody dumb down the gospel for you. Don't let anybody dumb down your destiny. Cause I'm telling you, you have the capacity now to receive what God is, is speaking to you, uh, what he's showing you through visions, dreams, experiences, and and he trusts you now with his words. Isn't it great how God doesn't like wait till you've arrived to talk to you? He starts talking to you when you don't even know what's going on. You're like, I don't even understand what you mean, Lord, but I feel good when you talk. Just don't stop talking. And uh, I, I want to tell you that the stuff that happened was 14 and 16, 17, 18, 15 was good too. I just skipped over it. I don't know why. Uh, but God would come and he would encounter me and he would speak things to me and I'll write in my journals and I've even looked back and 
I can remember distinctly. I, I got saved when I was a little boy. I don't ever remember uh, not being in church or in, you know, like Christianity. It was just second nature to me. My parents loved Jesus. They were Sunday school teachers, Awana teachers. They sang in the choir, all of that stuff. So I never had the option to not be in church. And I always loved it. Uh, but there was something that shifted radically. I got saved when I was seven. Fourteen is when I was marked by the Lord. I knew I was going to give my life for the gospel. I didn't know what that looked like, but I knew that I had to give everything. Has anybody ever just like, I don't know what it looks like, but I got to give everything. If I have to go to the nations, if I have to go down the street, I don't care what it is. I'm going to give everything uh, that I have for the Lord. And as you grow and as you mature and as you experience life, that begins to change shape, but the core of the encounter never does. The voice of the Lord, it's interesting because of all the things that have changed in my life, and I'm telling you it's a lot of stuff. When you get married, that'll change your perspective on life. When you start having kids, it'll start changing your perspective on life. There are different things that will change, but the voice of God, if you can learn how to hear it now and receive it, like I want to be the guy who's in a crowded room and it's like a concert setting, and you can hear the voice of the Lord like a pin drop and stop everything everything. That's, that's a core value in my life. It's like, can I hear God no matter what's going on in any season, in any circumstance? And I'm telling you, if you purpose in your heart to do that, you can reach a level that nobody's seen before. How many of you are familiar with Sean Bowles? I mean, like, if you've not, you should Google him. The dude's crazy. He, he moves in radical accuracy in the area of words and knowledge. He can tell you uh, people's names, their addresses, you know, like birthdays, all this crazy information. But how many of you know that you don't start on platforms telling people all the information about themselves? You start in your bedroom when you're praying with the Lord and you're like, hey, what do you think about me, God? And from that place, you grow and you develop and you get used to somebody, you don't even have to hear their voice anymore. How many of you know when somebody walks in the room by the way they breathe? You know, your parents or your brother or your sister or even the way that they walk. You can just, you just feel it. It's like, oh, they're there. It's the same way with God. You can get to know him so well that he doesn't even have to speak. You can just recognize his presence. I want you to know that he was in the room a little bit ago and he's still here, but like he stepped in during worship. It's not like he goes anywhere, but there are times where it's like, you know, like God was here, but then God was really here, right? It's like your goosebumps have goosebumps, and then they get goosebumps, and before you know it, you're in this crazy situation. God wants to speak to us in every way imaginable. I want to talk to you uh, tonight about a couple things. I was praying. I was like, God, what do I need to speak to them about? And uh, there's a, a tendency sometimes with youth ministry. Do you ever feel like people are like talking down to you, and not like in a negative way, but you feel like the content is kind of weak and watered down? I'm not saying that about your ministers, but like sometimes in traveling youth events and stuff like that, you like go to a thing and they get up and they speak a message and you're like, man, this is like entry level. <laughs> it's like I'm underwhelmed with what I'm hearing because I believe the best about you. And I believe that you have like the capacity to carry revival. I'm going to talk to you that way. Is that cool? So I'm not going to try to use like big words and talk over your head, but I'm going to talk to you about some deep stuff because I think that if you hear this now and you like lay hold of it, it'll actually shift the course of your life. So when you come into some trials and stuff, it won't ravage you and you can actually come out victorious. Does that sound good? So I'm going to talk to you tonight about the power of failure. Yay. I love failure. Um, 
everybody wants to come and do their highlight reel. Like we live in an Instagram generation. We live in a Snapchat, you know, like whatever you want to do. We want it like quick. We want it fast. And we only want the good stuff. We don't want to hear about the bad stuff, right? You know, how, how many Instagram accounts do well when it's like, you know, like poor lighting. Um, my life is not good. You know, like no light. That doesn't produce likes. That doesn't produce retweets. That doesn't produce shares. You don't do that. But the reality is, if you look at your whole life, everything's not going to be like rainbows and butterflies and unicorns, right? How many of you had some bad days? I've had just a few bad days, and I still love Jesus, and I still have bad days. Um, I think that the, the thing that separates the girls from the women and the men from the boys in Christianity is our ability to go through stuff that is tough, that is challenging, that is difficult, and not let it shake our perspective of who God is. How many of you know that you can go through the dark night of the soul and you can come out and your view and your lens of God cannot be shifted? Because the devil is trying for everything that he's worth to try and get you to think that God is somehow the author of bad stuff in your life. And how many of you know he's not the, the author of bad things in your life, but he takes everything that the devil means for evil and he flips it for good. The Bible says God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So that means you and I are doing okay. So if I find myself in a season of life where uh, my parents are getting a divorce or somebody has cancer or my dog dies or something like that, I don't look at the situation in front of me and say, oh, God hates me. I look in it and I see, okay, this, this looks bad. Let's be really honest. This looks horrible. I don't know how it's going to work out. But I know God, and I know he's good, and he makes everything work out for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. And I love him, and I'm called according to his purposes. So that means that somehow God is going to use this for my favor. Can we pray? Is that cool? All right. Just ask in your own way. Just close your eyes. You know, disconnect, and you disconnect from this and listen to the Lord real quick. But ask the Lord to show you uh, what he wants to show you through these words because God's going to speak while I'm speaking and sometimes what he's saying is not exactly what I'm saying. But we welcome you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in this place. Lord, I ask for a spirit of revelation according to the knowledge of Jesus Christ to be in operation in this place that eyes would be open, that ears would be open, that they would have, they would see um, the secrets of their destiny being released in these moments. I thank you that you are in full effect in this place. We ask for miracle signs and wonders accompanying this word, God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, and just ask him for what you, you want to ask him for. Sometimes we try to church it up and say, oh God, I think you want me to want this, so you ask for it. Ask him for what you really need right now. Just be real, be honest. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen, amen, amen. All right, so the verse we're going to hit first, I think I have these on the screen, so whoever my PowerPoint person is, you rock. Thank you for throwing these up there. Um, uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10. I'm not going to be heavy, like teachy. I want to hit a few of these things, and then I want to pray for you guys, and I want to do like some ministry and some impartation and some prophetic stuff, and that's going to be fun. Uh, but I also want to encourage you when I say that I believe in you and your capacity to impact culture and society around you. It's really, really, really important that you develop a love for the word of God, that you read your Bible, because experience is great. But if you don't have an anchor in the word, you can get into some weird, loopy stuff. And it's great to have encounter. But if you can't like articulate it and share it with the people around you, then you're going to get yourself into error. So. 
Read the Word of God. Develop a, a, a practice, a habit. How many of you know it's not bad to do good things on purpose? <laughs> we talk about like legalism and works, like somehow that if we do something on purpose with good intent in our heart, that God can't touch it sometimes. And that's not the truth. If we, you know, the, the Bible has a verse that says, I, I hide God's Word in my heart that I might not sin against Him, right? So the more we put in there, the less likely we are to actually have bad stuff come out. Does this make sense? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10. This is going to be the key for the night. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasures in my infirmities, in my reproaches, in my needs, in my persecutions, in my distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. How many of you are grateful that that's in there? Because I don't always have good days. I know that Instagram may tell you otherwise. And sometimes you troll through social media and you're like, I'm having a bad day. So you know what would make me feel worse? If I look at everybody else's Instagram and I see how good their life is in comparison to how bad my day is. I know I'm the only person that's ever done that. I know I'm the only person that's just having the worst day ever. And it's like, oh my gosh, look, they're in the Bahamas or they went to Disneyland or... They got a venti Starbucks when they only ordered a tall. That's not fair. I want that kind of favor in my life, God. Loose your favor. <laughs> but we do that. But it's interesting because it says his grace is sufficient. So, like, first off, like, every, like all sufficiencies in Christ, you don't need anything else. You don't need to add to what Christ has given you. But, like, there's this place of your mind being transformed and realizing that literally Jesus is the only thing you need. And then when you, you, you have this, this change of the way you think, repent means to change the way you think. So if you think that you need other stuff than Christ, you're going to continue looking for other stuff than Christ. So when you get into a bad situation, you're like, well, I don't feel like that Jesus is everything I need. So you'll try to supplement other places. And eventually that's going to tell on you. And eventually where you're trying to supplement in your life, those places are going to cave in. Has anybody ever done that? You're like, hey, I feel like this is going to work. Nope, it's not working out. But it says my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. So here's a here's a doozy. Here's an idea. There is actually a place in God's strength and his glory and his grace that requires weakness on your part. And so many times the devil comes to us and he lies. He's like, hey, I need guilt, shame, and condemnation. He wants to make you feel guilty. He wants to make you feel shamed or condemned. If you hear those three things, it is never God. It's never Father, Son, or Holy Spirit. Guilt, shame, and condemnation, not the language of the Holy Spirit. Just for the record. And the devil loves to come at those areas where you feel insecure and you feel weak. And he says, hey, hide those things. Put those somewhere else. Don't tell anybody about them. Just keep them on the secret because if God sees them, then he's going to reject you. That's crazy. Nobody talks about this stuff, but it's true. So he causes us to hold on to those things that are actually killing us when if we would actually bring them into the light, his power works best in our weakness. His grace is sufficient. His gracious favor is all we need. So when we feel that, when we just for the record, anytime you feel the devil saying to do something, do the opposite. It'll, it'll work out well for you. Some of you are like, I don't know if I can hear the voice of God. Well, we all can hear the voice of the devil, right? And we know when he's telling us what to do. So just don't do that. Do the other thing. And it's probably God, okay? Jesus good, devil bad. 
Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So I take pleasure in my infirmities, reproaches, needs, persecutions, distresses um, for Christ's sake. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. What a concept. What an idea that in my weakness, he's actually strong. What if we're working so hard to try to be strong, to try and have everything together, to have it buttoned up, dressed up, bring it to church. We put on our mask. I'm good. You're good. We're all good. But we're dying inside. I know it's the same thing. Youth ministry hasn't shifted much in, in the time that I've been away from it because it's the human condition. We, we feel as if that, that when we bring our, our weaknesses and our indiscretions into the light that somehow it's going to breed judgment, condemnation, that I'm going to be separate. But God is not about that. The ministry that we have been given is a ministry of reconciliation, right? Bringing people in, no longer holding their trespasses against them, but imputing, which means like basically transferring the righteousness of Christ onto us. That's a good thing. That means that it's not by your own works. It's by his works and what he says about you. So I want to introduce the idea that the, the power of failure is super, super big. So maybe the issue is not that you failed, but that you've not given your failure to God. How many of you know we're supposed to give everything to the Lord? So what if we're holding on to dear life for our failures? What if we're like, oh, this is a weak area in my life, you know? What if pornography addiction is a problem? What if lust is an issue? What if gluttony is an issue? What if anger and rage is an issue? What if I'm disobedient to my parents and that's an issue? And you're trying so hard to work on it yourself. I got news for you. You can't fix that on your own. But if you would be honest and take those things that are done behind closed doors and put them in the light, how many of you know that when God sees them, he's not going to reject you? We haven't even been given a ministry of uh, condemnation. So why would he condemn us? It's a ministry of reconciliation. We take it. He's like, no, that's not what I say about you. I'm going to get rid of that, and I'm going to exchange it with the righteousness of Christ. The Bible says we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, so we might as well get into Christ Jesus, and the sin issue will sort itself out. I would like to, ah, this is, this is crazy. What if failure is the framework in which the door of your destiny hinges on? And we look at it so many times, and we're like, oh, man. Failure. I don't want to go near that. I'm going to go over here. And we're actually in a box. We can't get out of this room until we acknowledge our failure. What if destiny's hanging on that? And God's like, it was never about you, but you might as well face them head on. You might as well look them straight in the face and walk through it anyways, because my power works best in your weakness. My gracious favor is all you need. You might as well work it out now that you don't have what it takes to do this thing. It's only Jesus. I can tell you that when I was 14, I needed Jesus. When I'm 32, about to be 32, I need Jesus more now than I ever did. The closer I get to him, the more I'm aware that I need him greatly. And even when I do great things, I realize, nah, that ain't me. I know I don't have the capacity to do that, but Christ in me is the hope of glory, right? So it's all about him getting in and out. But how do we move in this, this weakness with authority? We've got to deal with rejection. We got to deal with disappointment, and that'll lead to some other things. Uh, but one of the realities of life is that rejection will come. It's important to make sure that your rejection is coming because of your alignment with Christ, and not just because you're a difficult person. Does this make sense? Sometimes, like, you ever heard somebody? I, we, I refer to them as like a martyr, where they're just like everything's like about them, and they're always like people. People that say my haters are generally martyrs. It's okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rag on you guys. Just don't refer to hater. Like, you guys don't have haters. Let's not be a generation that talks about haters all the time. You know what I'm talking about? Everybody's uncomfortable now because some of y'all made posts about it. You're like, oh, I'm trying to stop my shine. Nobody can stop my shine. 
put these hater blockers on. Come on, guys. Let's not be so, like, <laughs> full of ourselves that we feel like the whole world is out to get us. If we're experiencing rejection, it should be because we're going after the gospel. Does this make sense? Most Christians in North America are not experiencing persecution, just for the record. Nobody's burning down your house. Nobody's beating you with sticks. Nobody's killing your family, killing your family because of what you're doing for the gospel of Christ. If somebody doesn't like and share your post on a social media outlet, that doesn't mean you're being per- persecuted. It doesn't mean that you have haters. It just means that most people are so consumed with themselves that they don't look at the people around them. Forgive them, for they know not what they do. You all right? Am I preaching a little too hard? I know. I'm not blind to this stuff. I know I got a little bit of gray in my beard, but I'm not that old. (laughs) Rejection's going to come. But make sure that if rejection's coming in your life, it's because you're going hard after God, because you're making stands. But even in going hard after God, Jesus was a friend of sinners also, so it's cool to love Jesus and to have standards and to go after holiness and morality and still love people that have no grid for that, just for the record. Holiness is not self-righteousness. Holiness is actually like, I just love Jesus because I love Jesus. I spend time with him. When I spend time with him, I look like him. And that causes things to change in my life. The reality is if Christ is big in you, sin loses its grip. The reason that sin has a foothold or a, or a toehold or a, a leghold or a stronghold in your life is because that area of your life has not been given to Jesus. It is impossible. Like over a period of time in your life, there's this process of sanctification where we walk with him and we continually just, oh, there's another thing I should give to him. And it doesn't mean he's cutting everything out of our lives, but if we abide in him and him in us, like he's the vine, we're the branches. He talked about it tonight. Connection is what it's all about. And I promise you, know, the Holy Spirit, what's the Holy Spirit's first name? holy. (laughs) So if he's living and abiding in you, then a byproduct of that is that you will actually begin to be holy, which means that the things you talk about will be different. The things you think about will be different. Your actions will begin to be different. Think about the, the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit leading and guiding us into all truth. If Jesus wouldn't do it, wouldn't think it, wouldn't say it, wouldn't express it, it probably shouldn't be inside of you. It's not an issue of condemnation, but it is a a, a call to repent, to change the way that you think, because if you're thinking differently than Jesus, then you'll manifest differently than what Jesus manifested. Is this too deep or am I still okay? Still good. Matthew 5, 10 through 12. This is good. Just don't be hateful, because if you're hateful and you're experiencing rejection, it's because you're hateful. It's not spiritual. <laughs> if, if you're arrogant and you're experiencing rejection because you're arrogant and prideful, it's because you're arrogant and prideful. Just own up to it, stop being that way, and move on. Does that make sense? It's easy. Let's be real, guys. Matthew five ten through 12. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Come on. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. There's this element of if they did it to Jesus, they're probably going to do it to you, right? Because if he's inside of you living the life that we live, we don't even live it anymore, but he lives it in and through us. And if they hated him, there may be a point in time. It doesn't need to be like the law of your life where like if I'm not hated by people, then I'm not doing the right thing. There will be seasons. How many of you know that there are times and seasons in your life? Not everything's like an eternity. Like not everything's going to be from here to the day you die. Sometimes things are good. There's good seasons. There's seasons that aren't so great. 
when we do this, we're partnering with resurrection power and the fellowship of his sufferings. Um, if we fail to suffer rejection well, um, when it's because, or we fail to suffer rejection well because when it's because of our own stupidity rather than kingdom values. In other words, the only redeemable rejection is when we fellowship in his sufferings. So there's this element of rejection that when we're going after God, when people are legitimately like casting you off and being hateful to you um, because of the stand that you're making for Christ, you have the opportunity to partner with the fellowship of his sufferings. Are you familiar with this in scripture? You're Jesus that, that uh, the, the Bible talks about that I may know him in the power of his resurrection, dead raising power, power of the resurrection. Come on, Jesus and the fellowship of his sufferings. How many of you want a fellowship in the sufferings of Christ? That sounds awful, doesn't it? It's not an elective. It's something that's actually part of what the way that God built the gospel is that if we suffer with him, then we'll glory with him. Does this make sense? So there are these things when, you know, the Bible says that Jesus came to his own and his own knew him not. Like God put on flesh and, you know, Jesus is that. Jesus, the exact representation of God, the Father, Jesus. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, right? I only do what I see the Father doing. I only say what I hear him saying. He came to creation to redeem them. They looked at him and said, we don't want any part of it. That's the kind of rejection that it's talking about. Were you coming to love, to seek and save the lost, to be a friend to those around you, and they don't even know how to take it, and they reject you? If you can take that when you have a broken heart, when you're just really crushed. Have you ever just been absolutely brokenhearted because friends rejected you? The people that you loved, you just went after them with your whole heart, and they're like, hey, we ain't having it. And then on top of that insult to injury, they mock you. They get other people to stand up against you. I mean, like, let's be real. I've had that happen at least a 100 times in my life. And if you're like me, you love people. Like, when you love, you love deep. When you love, you're just like, oh, like it's, it's down to the marrow of your bones. So when rejection comes, rejection hurts. I hate rejection. I had a major issue with rejection half my life. It's part of my testimony. I was scared that nobody could love me. So because I had that, that value system deep in my, my DNA, that anytime somebody would get close to me and I thought that they were going to love me, I'd push them away so they couldn't be the ones to reject me. I rejected them. Does this make sense? How many of you know fear is a self-fulfilling prophecy? If you fear something, then you empower it. So what you're empowering will actually begin to manifest in your life. So if you feel like you're unlovable, I bet you that you're subliminally pushing people off. If you feel like you, your voice doesn't matter, I guarantee you, you never speak out in a way where your voice can be powerful. This makes sense? These are crazy like little nuggets. I'm just dropping Revy, heavy Revy, heavy Revy. Let's do it. John 1.10 is what I was talking about. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. There's this way to, like, steward the rejection that's really holy. We can take everything we get, good, bad, and ugly, give it back to Jesus, and he turns it around and makes it better than it was to begin with. So worst-case scenario, you're getting rejection. You can turn around and give it back to the Lord, and it'll be really, really, really good. The second thing is disappointment. Disappointment is different than rejection. Rejection is blatant from other people. Disappointment is when you thought something was going to be one way, and it ends up another way. Have you ever been disappointed about something? Have you ever gone to see a movie and you're like, this movie's going to be super awesome? And then it, yeah, breaks your heart. We will have no movie spoilers. I was going to mention some things about Avengers, but I won't do that to you. I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're like, please don't do it. It's a fantastic film. And there are people in it. That's all I'm going to say. But you have, I, I wouldn't get on any form of social media if you don't want it to be spoiled because... 
I saw it immediately because I was going through my Instagram feed. I'm like, no, I don't want to read something that I don't need to see yet. It's very good. So there you go. So you can sometimes you go to a movie and you're like, oh, this is going to be great. And it's not great. Or somebody, have you ever had somebody talk about food and they're like, this restaurant is so amazing. And you get so excited because they're like, this is going to be the best thing ever. And you go and it's like average at best. You're like, I'm never going to trust that person again. They were going to be like the godparents to my children, but not anymore. Because that barbecue was lame. Or that burrito was like funky, you know? Disappointment. You have high expectations and they're not met. I'm having fun with you guys. <laughs> Rejection is people. Disappointment is when you just have imaginations in your mind. You'll be faced with these like for the rest of your life. People will reject you and things will disappoint you. Sometimes people will disappoint you. But how many of you know that when you experience that disappointment, that the Bible says we don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and wicked rulers in high places and stuff. So that any time we experience opposition, I mean, Jesus was nailed to a cross. The people that put him there are mocking him. He looks up to God the Father after they have just beaten him for hours and hours and hours in the hour of his death and says, forgive him, Father, for they don't know what they do. That's crazy. What if in your life you can stand in the midst of rejection and say, forgive them, God, for they don't know what they do. In the same way that Jesus was crucified on our behalf, maybe you can put yourself to death on their behalf. And somehow in that death process on the other side of it, there's a resurrection power. And maybe people are watching because they're curious. You know, there were people that didn't turn to Jesus before he was resurrected, but they sure did afterwards. What if in your life people are watching to see you die well? Just an idea. What if that's the case? What if all you know what is breaking out in your life because you need to die so that you can be raised up again? What if that's foundational in the gospel? That sounds crazy. I don't want any of this Christianity stuff. I'm pro- I promise you, if it doesn't cost you something, it's probably not worth anything. And that goes for your faith. Some of you are athletes. Some of you guys are like, Uh, doing super well in education, but you put in some effort. You've trained, you've ran, you've worked out, you've changed your diet. Some of you have studied, you've read, you've done all the stuff that you should do and you pay a price, but you get something out of it. I'm telling you, the gospel is the same way. You don't earn it, but if you apply yourself, I promise you it will show. God will add his grace to your weak areas, but he'll add his glory to where you put your hand to the plow. It's just the truth. Mm, I want to preach so hard. The ability to take disappointment, irritation, and frustration and throw them at the feet of Jesus is vital. Uh, this is where we exchange a spirit of heaviness for a garment of joy. Joy is not the absence of opposition, but rather a choice that celebrates the finished work of Jesus Christ. So joy is not an emotion. Joy is a choice. That when we experience just devastation and loss and rejection and disappointment, we say, Jesus, I choose to, to count this all joy. There's a passage in James that I, they, they just beat into me when I was going through Bible school. And I was like, man, I hate this passage because it doesn't give me any excuses for getting into like self, you know, self, uh, I don't know what the word is, negative self-talk. I would get super negative and I'd complain and grumble. I know I'm the only person that does that as well. I, you know, and some of you guys never, you look so holy. I can see the, the, the halos and the glow coming off of you now. Or it could just be the lighting in here. I don't know. But grumbling and complaining, you know, you know, it's, it's like the devil's version of praying in tongues. <laughs> yeah, it's a true story. Oh, snap. That's a holy gross hand grenade there. <laughs> Give it five seconds. It'll blow up. You'll be like, oh, snap. 
James 1, 2 through 8. This scripture, you should write this down and you should keep it with you. Because this scripture, as much as I hated it when they were telling it to me, it's the truth. And if you can choose now to change the way you think and position yourself when opposition comes up against you, it'll revolutionize like everything in your life, okay? My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Count it joy? Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the winds. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything uh, from the Lord, for he is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. I'm going to tell you, it's impossible to abide in disappointment when we have a real relationship with Jesus, because he does not disappoint. The only way you can be disappointment, uh, disappointed, yeah, the only way you can be disappointment, there's no way you can be disappointment. <laughs> the only way you can be disappointed is if you're walking hand in hand with Jesus, you come to a situation and you choose to walk the other direction. When you walk away from Jesus, you walk headlong into some serious situations that are not redeemable. But if you walk with him, though it may get difficult and though it may get challenging, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Because your rod and your staff, they comfort me, right? He's not the one who's assailing you. He's the one defending you. He's the one walking with you. His word's a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. So even when it doesn't feel like it, he's got your back. It's so good. Count it all joy. How can I, how can I even walk through this, let alone count it all joy? It doesn't make any sense. That's the beauty of it. It's craziness. He uses the foolish things to confound the wise. Imagine that. We get so worn out because we're trying to make this thing work intellectually and plan it out. I, I get news for you. That will never, ever, ever, ever happen. People are like, what? You know, I would talk to my students when I was a youth pastor. And they're like, I, you know, graduation's coming up. I don't know what I want to do with my life. I'm like, I'm pushing 30, and I don't know what I want to do with my life. So, you know, like, welcome to the club. And it hasn't changed. I don't know. We're just faking it till we make it, guys. Let's be honest. We're hanging on with a wing and a prayer. Like, I've got some ideas of what God might want to do, but I promise you, almost every time I thought I had him figured out, he changed the game on me. Because he's not worried about my understanding. He wants to give us peace that passes understanding. So he'll give you peace and he'll give you joy, but the understanding, you've got to get past your understanding to get the peace, just for the record. If you want peace and understanding, you may be waiting on the wrong thing. But, you know, half, you know, three quarters of God's name, you know, I'm, I'm saying these all wrong. Sorry. I'm just going to quit trying to do those quotes. It's not working out. God is about movement. Go to a land that I will show you. The go of the gospel. Go now. Go. As you go, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, cast out demons. Tell them the kingdom's here. He's not like, hey, once you have gone through six levels of supernatural training and you've had seven people lay their hands on you and you've seen an angel and a glory cloud appeared in your refrigerator, then go. He didn't say that. He said, just Go. <laughs> And as you go in faith believing, somehow in the process, he's going to make all things work out. That's a good thing. It's impossible to abide in disappointment when you've got a relational grasp of the character of God. And I also want to say that periodic testing um, builds stability that will make you able to withstand uh, what would have previously overtaken you. Have you ever heard the expression that God won't give you more than you can handle? And you're like, oh, well, he won't make me sicker than I can handle, or he won't give me more cancer. You know, like all these, it's, it's for, God's teaching me something. 
It means that God won't give you more than you can effectively steward. So in this moment, what, you're, what he's giving you is a testament to what he thinks you're able to walk through. This making sense? So if it feels heavy and it feels challenging, God actually thinks you can walk through it. But sometimes our perspective, we say, I'm not able. And he's saying, you are actually able. And I'm kind of nudging you out there. Count it all joy when you fall into these trials and temptations because the testing of it will produce maturity and perfection. That's something, isn't it? It produces endurance, long-suffering, and maturity that causes you to stick around and experience the victory. Uh, Christians that don't have victory are simply ones that opted out of their destiny. Like Christians that don't get to experience, they're like, I've not seen victory. Well, you walked away too quick. You stopped because, like, just keep going. And even if you can't go anymore, just stand. But don't go the other direction. Hang on. Hang in there for dear life. I promise you, help is on the way. There's so many scriptures in the Bible. Like, it's not, we don't walk, like, faith. it's not about sight. It's about faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. He's making a way where there seems to be no way. We love to sing songs like he's the God of the impossible. Yeah, praise God. But when your situation's impossible, you change your tune. You're like, God, I don't know what to do. Well, you loved that he was the God of the impossible when you didn't need the impossible. But now that you need a miracle, all of a sudden you're changing your tune. You okay? (laughs) You don't need a miracle until you need a miracle, guys. You guys, generally, I'm just going to tell you, I know that we love to think that we would just run after praying for things, but sometimes you get the faith you need because you need it. Because your mom gets sick and she's about to die and you figure out where that place is in you that you've got to find the faith to pray. Does this make sense? Or all of a sudden, you didn't used to care about something, but now you do because it got close to home. God is good, 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 good. Romans 8, 28, I've quoted it 15 times, but... We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes. So if it ain't good, it ain't over yet. (laughs) God may be right in the midst of your pain. He may be right in the midst of your struggle. And he may be right beside you and you just haven't seen it. How many of you know that the greatest opposition is right before the breakthrough? We love breakthrough. Come on. Well, that means something setting itself up against you. But greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Take heart because I've overcome the world. Stuff like Jesus said. Resurrection power is the last thing I want to talk about. I love this. The same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in these mortal bodies. Not just me, but you guys. Every single one of you. But for resurrection power to be manifested, you first you got to die. Death is necessary for something to be resurrected. And I'm telling you, Jesus, when he was about to go to the cross, he was talking to the disciples. He said, hey, guys, the hours come that I may be glorified. You know what he was talking about? He was talking about going to the cross and dying. But he referred to it as glory. And I feel like so many of our worship songs say, send your glory, God, pour out your glory. What if glory looks like death, but from heaven's perspective, he can breathe life on a dead thing? What if the Bible says, unless a seed falls to the ground and dies, it dies alone. But if it dies, it produces a harvest, right? What if it's a picture? What if your breakthrough looks like you were six feet under, but God? (laughs) What if it looks like your situation was impossible? It was in the grave three days. It stunk of death. And all of a sudden, God says, hey, come forth. It's about time for this thing to rise up. Because he doesn't work inside of the natural. He's like, hey, I'm here. Get used to it. (laughs) 
You can't understand the way that he's going to do it, but you can't understand that, hey, he's good, and he has plans for a hope and a future, and if it doesn't look like good, it's not the end yet. So don't walk away. Don't quit. Don't stop. The spirit of an overcomer implies that we're going to be put to the test. We have the same character of Jesus. John 16, 33 These things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. It's not an option. It's going to happen. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Come on, guys. 1 John 4, 1 through 4. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, um, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into this world. And by this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God, and every spirit that doesn't confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And the spirit of the Antichrist, which is against Jesus, against the anointing, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world, But verse 4 says, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he that's in the world. There is a spirit, even inside a church sometime, the Antichrist spirit, we always get worried about, like, Mark of the Beast and the chip in our wrist or our hand or whatever, and, like, all of a sudden, Kirk Cameron movies are coming out of nowhere. I don't know if you guys are old enough to know what that is yet, but there's these horrible Christian movies (laughs) called Left Behind. (laughs) They're the worst thing in the world. But... That's not it. It's a spirit that opposes the anointing. It's against the anointing. It's against what Christ said about you. It's against Christ in you, the hope of glory. So everything that it says is going to try to suppress you. Jesus said, if you believe in me, out from within you will flow rivers of living water. That means that the answer to every problem that you'll experience is right inside of you. So test those spirits. If it doesn't sound like overcoming, if it doesn't sound like an advocate, Jesus is our advocate, then it's not right second timothy 1 6 if i could have my guy on the guitar work his way up here we're going to move into some impartation glory stuff because i think that's what god wants to do therefore i remind you to stir up the gift of god which is in you through the laying out of my hands for god has not given us a spirit of fear but of power of love and a sound mind come on that doesn't sound like guilt shame or condemnation that sounds like something awesome So if it looks the opposite of power, if it looks the opposite of love, if it looks like chaos and confusion, that's not the that's God is not the author of that situation. I want to introduce to you tonight that regardless of what's going on, regardless if it's a good season, if it's a bad season, if it's the worst season of your life, God is still God in the midst of the valley. He's God in the desert. He's God on the mountaintop and he's God in the promised land. So regardless of where you find yourself, he's still God. He's still really close. And he still wants to jump into your situation. Even in the wilderness, even when the children of Israel were running around, they were led in the night by a pillar of fire and in the day by a pillar of cloud. There was miraculous provision every single day, and we call that the wilderness. We call that, that's the driest place you'll ever go. That's the worst place you'll ever go. And there's miracles every day. So what does the promised land look like? Come on, milk and honey overflowing, everything we need. It doesn't mean you won't have to fight to lay hold of it. But what he taught you in the wilderness is that he's faithful. And what you experience in the promised land is that he's faithful and he had everything you ever needed before you ever needed it. Come on, Jesus. Go ahead and stand to your feet. Just want to let the Holy Spirit begin to move. And I want to encourage you to just right now, everybody close your eyes real quick. If you've been dealing with rejection, you feel like you've just got a stamp on your forehead that says reject. 
reject, reject, and you feel like you've had issues with love and receiving encouragement, and it's like people try to say something nice to you, and you're like, no, I don't want to, you know, that kind of stuff. Just, yeah, just put your hand on your head if you feel like that's you. Right now, Father God, in the name of Jesus, we just break a spirit of rejection and this mindset uh, that they're of unworthiness. And I command it to leave this place and never come back. I thank you for adoption. Lord, I thank you that they're accepted in you from the foundation of the world. I thank you for plans, destiny, future over them. God, I thank you for your purposes. I thank you for your purposes in them, God. And I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing right now. I feel like there would be just a a handful of people that have experienced disappointment so great. You've been disappointed uh, in in a leader in your life, a father, mother, uncle, aunt. Something is going on where you saw things, and it wasn't right. I'm not saying that it's right, but you have grappled with this disappointment, and you don't know how to trust anymore. You don't know how to trust God. You don't know how to trust leaders, that kind of stuff. If that's you, wave a hand at me right now. All eyes closed. All right. Right now, just put your hand on your heart. Lord, I ask right now that you would go deep, that you would heal the pains and the disappointments that are there. I thank you for restoring all things. Lord, I thank you for the ability to trust again. Lord, I thank you for the ability to go into other relationships and friendships and even family paradigms being restored so that they're not carrying around this baggage uh, all the days of their life. Lord, I thank you that you are doing a work now that is real. Lord, I pray that you'd visit them in their dreams tonight and that you would give them clarity and understanding. I feel like specifically for you guys, God's going to come to you and visit you in the night. Thank you, Lord. And he's going to begin to talk to you about practical things that you need to do so that you can see the fullness of God uh, released into that situation. And I'm telling you, everywhere that you see death, everywhere that it feels like it was hopeless, God is about to release miracles there. He's about to release resurrection power. So I just commission you right now as ministers of resurrection power. Lord, I thank you that the death qualifies them to move in resurrection power. So we say let it rise to the surface right now. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just lift your hands real quick. Welcome the Holy Spirit. Come in this room, Lord. Move. Let your glory come. Let your fire fall. Let your wind blow in this place right now. Come, Holy Spirit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Stir it up. Stir it up. Stir it up. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your sweet presence in this place. Thank you for your sweet presence in this place. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just declare over you, if God is for you, then who can be against you? If he has accepted you, who can reject you and put you outside? I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing right now. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. There's a, I think there's a few people in here that are like on track and field or like track and field is your thing. Where are you at? Track and field, wave your hands at me. Come up here. It'll just be easier. Make a little bit of space. Track and field people, come up here. I felt like God was doing something with you guys. Just touch your toes to the front and help me know. All of you. Oh, wow, wow, there's a bunch of you. Come on. Right on. Just put a hand on your neighbor's shoulder or something like that. Yeah. And re- stretch, stretch your hands this way. I feel like, are you all the same school or different schools? Pair up, pair up by schools real quick. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Perfect. 
So God is releasing something through you guys in the track and field movement in your school. And I, f- I see like actual healings, miracles, and the presence of God being released in multiple capacities. So it was, it was very specific. I saw that, that it, was, it was even like a, a weird like spiritual thing, but I saw like a, a baton being handed from heaven. And you grab the baton and you ran with it and it's glory and it's revelation. And I feel like you, young lady, what's your name? Hope. Hope? I, like my daughter's name is Hope. I love that. You have, I feel like God's going to begin to visit you with, with a, 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 there's like this prophetic gifting that's on your life. I see all things revelation. I see very accurate prophetic words coming from you where God's going to like, you're going to dream a dream about a person. You're going to say this, 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 like all this stuff. And it's going to be like, you're just going to know it. And you're going to go to these people. And I feel like people are going to get saved because you're going to know so much. And they're like, I don't know how that happens. Uh, so there's like an evangelistic thing. And on you too, buddy, there's like a, what's your name? Caleb, man, you guys got good names. I like these names. I just go for days in here. But there's like an evangelistic thing. There's like a, I see you as like a friend, as like a leader. Like everybody wants to be around you, and there's an encouragement thing on your life. So don't be afraid to like ask people. Sometimes you feel awkward. It's like, do you know Jesus? Would you like to know Jesus? I feel like you're going to lead a lot of your friends to the Lord, and it's starting, it's starting soon. I know the school is wrapping up and all that, but I feel like this, this next year, as things start, like you're going to be ready to go. Like As soon as school starts, it's like, go, go, go. All of you, just grab hands real quick. So Lord, I just bless them all. Bless them all. Thank you, God. I bless this team. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that they'll run well. I thank you that they'll move with you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Right now, just drop glory and fire and a commissioning on them to run, run, run with excellence the race set before them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Yeah, I'm just listening. It's okay. Just keep praying. This is good. This <laughs> Woo. Yeah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I think like it's even more of a healing thing with you guys. I just saw like Todd White type of stuff, you know, like craziness. Like, like that type of stuff where it's just like, hey, everybody, watch this. And I feel like there's a boldness coming on. And even like Robbie Dawkins, I don't know if you know who he is or not. But like there's a boldness where it's even like exploits. The Bible says those that know their God will do great exploits. So it's like basically those that know God get to show off with God. And it's not because of what you're doing, but it's what he's doing. You won't even be able to touch this. But there's going to be some, I see just creative miracles where it's like not even healings, but like things that weren't there, they get there. So uh, even with tendons and ligaments and even like different bones and uh, is it meta- metatarsals? Which one is that? Is that hands or feet? It's like little bones somewhere. But I'm hearing, yeah, so metatarsals and stuff with metatarsals. If you hear the word metatarsals, pray for whatever that is. I don't, it's God's highlighting it. I've never said that ever. I'm not even sure what it is, but I'm, I feel like it's a little bone in a foot or a hand somewhere. But those, like, go after that and watch for God to, and when you see, like, the miracle with, hey, that bone wasn't there, and then it was, you'll know, man, I feel the Holy Ghost, you'll know that breakthrough's here. So thank you. I see you guys praying in the mornings. I see you guys praying in the mornings together, and I see, like, uh, there's, there's fire. It's like fire and oil, fire and oil, fire and oil. It's like you'll think you're burning out, and God's like, more oil, more oil, more oil. And I see depression breaking off of people like crazy. It's just like gladness being loose. Link up with your hands real quick, and I'm going to lay hands on you real quick. Yeah, 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 yeah. More, Lord. More on them. Fire of God. (laughs) Woo, yeah. Come, Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah, I bless what you're already doing, and I thank you for this commissioning and this mantling and this mandate. Fire on them in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Holy Spirit.
more of that, more of that. Fill them to overflowing in the name of Jesus. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. I'm telling you, there's something about the oil. There's something about the oil. There's something about the oil. I bless you in the name of Jesus. Run with revival. I know we're getting close to nine. I'm just going to keep bubbling up. If you need to go, do that. But I have a, is there someone who's... I, I heard this earlier when I was getting ready to come. I heard ACL, which I obviously know that that could be a healing thing. I think it's initials. Is there somebody whose initials are ACL in this room? I felt like that might have been, or if that makes sense, ACL. Um, and that's like you know, first, or even like I almost too, I saw like my wife send a 31 bags and girls are doing the embroidery and sometimes the letters are mixed up, but I saw ACL. So even if it's like out of order, because sometimes they go one letter's bigger, but the C was bigger than the other ones. And I don't know what that means because I'm not a girl. So, <laughs> but if that occurs to you that it, that it means something, I, I'm seeing it's ACL. I feel like it's initials. And if there's anybody that has an ACL injury, I'll pray for you also. Is there anybody that's got ACL injury while we're here? Nobody. That's good. You guys are healthy. Come on, Jesus. You guys want to dream and see and prophesy more? Okay, lift your hands. <laughs> it's going to happen anyways, but we might as well just ask for an overdose. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you, Lord. I pray that you would lay it on them, that you would drop something heavy, heavy, revy. Lord, I pray that they would dream dreams. I pray that they would see visions, God. Lord, I pray for angelic encounters in the night angelic encounters in the night God that you would give them such a wisdom and an understanding of what you're dropping in front of them some of you guys are going to be skilled uh, in this from an early age and you're going to begin to have vivid encounter after vivid encounter and the Lord's even giving you the secrets of men's hearts and sometimes it's almost like you'll 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 see an encounter in the night and you'll see a scroll fall and it will open up and you'll begin to read it God's going to begin to share with you the destiny over men's lives I hope this makes sense but you're like what was that scroll about and then you'll meet the person whose name was on the scroll and you'll prophesy the destiny over their life and i'm telling you something shifting in you guys even in these meetings where the manifest glory and presence of god is gonna is gonna rest and you won't be able to do what you had planned on doing i release that into the atmosphere right now god i thank you for your presence i thank you for this house i bless the leadership god i bless the leadership god i bless the leadership and i I even ask for a surge, a fresh wave of new, of new, of new that people don't, that don't even know what they're getting into. Lord, I pray that you would just overwhelm them, that you would overtake them with your goodness, with your glory, with your grace. And all God's people said, amen, amen. amen. Thank you so much for having me. I had a blast. This podcast was recorded live at a Wednesday night youth meeting. To find out more, check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching Airborne Youth.